0: Hey everyone, this is Will Heron, host of Beyond the Sermon. Just want to tell you about this new series that you're just about to listen to, Faith and Finance. It's actually from our Ridge University podcast. That's a new podcast channel that we've just launched. And uh, once you listen to this episode, if you want to hear the rest of them, Why not jump over to that new podcast channel? Just search Ridge University Podcast in your podcast provider and subscribe. And uh, over the weeks and months ahead, you're going to find lots of great content on there to help you live out your life as a follower of Jesus. So again, uh, just search Ridge University Podcast and uh, subscribe. So thanks for listening.
1: Welcome to the Ridge University Podcast podcast a place to listen, learn, and discover tools for living. Now here's your host, Ridge Director of Discipleship, Will Heron.
0: Welcome, everyone. So good to have you. My name is Will Heron. I'm your host for this Ridge University Faith and Finance podcast series. Uh, So good to have my friend, Travis Shelton, with me for this series. Travis, welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome, Will. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, just Thank so you. cool to have you. Uh, you know, we're starting off this Ridge University podcast in general, so this is the first one. So excited to have you on.
1: I'm so excited. Thanks for thanks for inviting me.
0: Yes. So um, I know this kind of world of faith and finances is a, a real passion of yours. Uh, this is something that you, you write about, you coach, and you speak, you do podcasts. And, uh, you know, together over the next eight episodes, we're going to explore what it means to honor God with our finances. So, before we jump into this, anything that you feel like you'd want to say to your audience, you know, just before we, we jump in?
1: I would say, as we're starting to venture into these topics, everyone's at a different place. We are where we are, and that's okay. And I think we need to give ourselves grace because as we're unpacking some of these ideas, I think people are going to have maybe they'll feel guilty or have some regrets or wish they would have done it differently sooner. And to that I say, it's okay. We need to give ourselves grace along the way. We, we are where we are. What's important is where are we going? And I always say my job's never to tell people what to do. I don't want to tell people what to do. I want to help people see things through a different lens, give them a different perspective and then let them implement that in their own journey, the way they see fit. And so it's really about people taking these ideas and, and deciding for themselves, what Mm. are they going to do with this? If anything.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Well, over the next, uh, kind of eight episodes, we're going to be looking at eight key principles that we both feel are, are crucial to starting, uh finances God's way. And we're going to start with one that is really foundational. Uh, this is intentional that we're starting in this place, and it has to do with God's ownership. So uh, let me just start with this scripture, uh, scripture. Maybe some people have heard. This is Psalm 24, verse 1. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Um, Travis, I once heard you say, if we believe this is true, this scripture, if we believe this to be true, it changes everything else. Um, can you unpack that just a little bit? Like, why is this so foundational, about thinking about God's ownership?
1: Money is one of those things that is ingrained in all aspects of our life. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But it's, it's there. It's mm. always part of our day-to-day. And we often handle our money as if it's ours. And if we truly believe that it's God's, it has to change things. It has to change the way that we perceive it, the decisions that we make. Because if it's not ours, it inherently changes the relationship that we should have with it. Yeah, I came up with this for youth group one time, and I, I was asking the kids, I said, okay, you have this job, and you work these hours, and you grind, and the, the government takes their taxes, and then you have this money. Uh, on the other hand... You go out on a Friday night and your mom gives you a $20 bill. Mm. Do you act differently with those two sums of money? And the kids say, yeah, with the 20s, 20 that mom gave me, it's gone before I even know it. And they freely spent it and they freely used it because it wasn't theirs to begin with. But they looked at what they thought was theirs and they, it changed the relationship with with how they handled it. And so I, and, I, and so I use that example of when we don't believe it's ours to begin with, we inherently make different decisions with it. Mm. And I think that's a great analogy as we, as we think about what we are blessed with in our own lives. Mm. We're all blessed with something different, but we're blessed with something. And whether we believe it's ours or we believe it's God's, it just changes the way that we perceive it and the decisions that we make with it.
0: Right, so Travis, you have experience with um, various uh, clients over the last number of years, and what are the what are the kind of two approaches then people make? You know, what are the different directions we can head depending on how we see money? So, in other words, you know, if we if we think this is our money, what path does that lead us down? And then, likewise, if we see it as God's money, how does that? What path does that lead us down? So how do those two approaches look different?
1: Well, I heard this quote. This isn't my quote, but somebody said, somebody said, if you believe it's yours, you're asking yourself, how much of your money do you want to give? Mm. And if it's God's, you ask yourself, how much of God's money do you want to keep? And it's not to say that there's a certain amount you should keep or give, but the the point being, it's a level of open-handedness. You can live life open-handed, Or you can live life close-handed. And when you believe it's God's and you don't believe it's yours to begin with, Mm. it helps you live more open-handedly, and that just leaks into every area of your life. And that that goes for your spending, your saving, your giving, and everything that you do is filtered through this idea of, is it actually mine, or is it God's? Mm. And, And with that information, we... We take those steps, and, and those steps may be tiny steps. It might be, I'm going to go to the, the convenience store and I'm going to go do this thing, or it might be these big financial decisions we make in our life. But when you look at it through the lens that it's God's, it does help us in our decision-making in how we are going to steward that.
0: Another thing that I was thinking about in this, Travis, that this perspective of God's ownership does for us, it fosters a, a humility within us you know, I think the danger is that maybe if we end up in a, in a field of work and we earn a lot of money, that sometimes we see then pride kind of leaking in to people's hearts and it can have the impact of them starting to look down on others who maybe don't earn as much money or, and so this kind of Classism can start to, to creep in. But I think having that perspective of God's ownership, that everything we have has been given to us, and uh, whether that's even the gifts that we have by which we're able to do a particular work that might you know, gain a bigger paycheck, whatever it might be. But I, I think having that perspective, um, it can keep us humble, you know, because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and if we've received it, There's no kind of thing where we can come before God and have any grounds to come before him and say, I've earned this. This is mine. This is yours over here. And this is mine. Yeah. Do you agree? I do.
1: That's the trap, the trap. And I work with people every day that make significant amounts of money. The trap is that the more successful we are, and I've, I've lived this, I've, I've been a victim to this really toxic mentality in, in my younger years, but when when we're financially successful, it, it's easy to look at it and look in the mirror and say, I did that. Mm. I earned that. That's my doing. Thus the fruits of that are mine. And then and then in in a way looking at the other people saying, Yeah, if you want to do it, you earn it. You earn earn what I've earned because it's mine and this is what I get because of, of how awesome I am and how hardworking or smart or brilliant or whatever I am. And I think that's a, it's a really slippery slippery slope because the more we go down that path, I think the more close handed we are with mm-hmm. how we live mm-hmm. and the more decisions that we make that are more self-serving. It's about us and what we can do with our money, my money. And I think that's, that's a, that's a real risk that we run, especially as we continue to be more financially successful in our careers. And I don't want to demonize people that are s- successful financially. Right. Yeah. When, when we are financially successful uh, you, you let, through the lens of an income, let's say, mm-hmm. that typically means that we've served people well. We've done a good job of serving people. We've added value to society. We've added value to other people. We've created something or selling something that has made a difference. That that shouldn't be demonized. Mm. I think where it goes, come, the train goes off the tracks is when somebody – gets financially successful and then looks and then decides that that was all them and and that's all theirs
0: this is why this is so key the sense of being entrusted uh, with our giftings entrusted with opportunities that we have you know um because then, then comes responsibility, I think, a recognition that God has called us into particular places or given us uh, work relationships or opportunities for a particular purpose. It's not just so we can kind of enjoy it and, and sit back and, and live a more luxurious lifestyle than somebody else. That's, I think, what happens when we don't see it as, uh, with this through this lens of God's ownership. Um, but when we do see it that God has... Um, given us the, the finance that we have and uh, the giftings and that kind of thing, it really does change um, how we see our lives and, and that responsibility. Um, can I, sorry, you were going to say yeah, something? I was
1: going to say, I, I think one of the things that we as Christians often do, because we think about this, okay, let's just say we believe this is God's. And then we'll say, okay, we're going to give a percentage of God's money, to the kingdom and that may be your local church. It might be to people in need. It might be to other organizations. What happens then is we treat whatever's left as ours. So we say, okay, this is all God's. I'm going to give a portion to the kingdom and then I'm going to keep a rest for myself. And then that rest then becomes mine. Mm. And I think that's a, that's a risk. It's a slippery slope that we go down on that as well. And I think it's, it's always healthy to look at, take a step back and recognize it's not just our income that's God's. Everything is God's. So if that's true, everything in our bank account is God's. The clothes that I'm wearing, God's. Mm. These microphones we're speaking into, God's. Our vehicles, God's. Our phones, God's. Right. Everything we have is God's. And if we believe that, that also shifts how we handle the materialistic things in our life and, and the finances that we do currently possess and I think that's important to, to take into account when we're thinking about this idea of God's ownership. Mm. And, and I'm doing a, a youth group lesson here soon about this idea of sharing. And in yes, we should give portion of our income to the kingdom. Like, yes, that's you know, that's awesome. It's one of the coolest things we get to do. But we also have everything else around us that that we we live in, we have around us, and then we get to use that. To share with others, to make a difference, to show love and generosity through, and I think as we look at at this biblical idea of everything we have as God's, it needs to expand past our income.
0: Yeah, it's good, Travis. So how do how do you keep this front and center? Obviously, you said that you'd you'd been in that place once before, where this wasn't your perspective, and obviously that shift probably doesn't come overnight. So maybe if some of our listeners are saying, Travis, I, I feel like I'm in that place, actually, where I feel, honestly, that I think this is kind of more mine money. I haven't had that mindset of God's ownership. So moving forward, how do you, there Are some practical ways where you can kind of keep this perspective front and center when we're, when we're thinking about money.
1: A few things I think we can do. I think we can, we can live with a posture of gratitude.
0: Mm. It's
1: easy to think of all the things we don't have. It's easy to look at our neighbor and to say, oh, I wish I had what they had. But if we live with a posture of gratitude and we constantly remind ourselves that this does come from God, it does help us keep centered. When, when I've come off the tracks on this idea, it's been when I forgot to remind myself and I start to think to myself, well, maybe this is all mine. And, and I think just continually coming back to the idea that there's a responsibility and an opportunity. This isn't guilt. Mm. This isn't, this isn't a, a guilt-driven thing. You shouldn't feel the weight of it. I do think there, there is an, a, a responsibility as a Christian to, to live this out. But I think there's also just as much of an opportunity to live this out where we can continually make decisions. I think another thing that we can do, is as we're reminding ourselves in, that, that this is God's, in living with a posture of gratitude, to find ways in our day to day life to serve others with what we have. Mm. And we'll talk about this in a future episode, but small acts of generosity and, and what we have, we're, we're talking finances, but we also have time and we have, we have relationships. And we have, um, we have skills, we have talents, mm-hmm. we have all of these things that we've been blessed with, and when we show generosity with those things, that's a recognition that it's God's and not ours to begin with.
0: No, oh, I think it's really good. I, I love the idea of incorporating into your life. Uh, you know, if this is a new thing, especially incorporating into your life, you know, disciplines that are kind of really living out this perspective. You know, if, if, if everything that we have is God's, then there is generosity, there is open-handedness, there is a willingness to serve others with our finances, our, our talents, our time.
1: I think there's an inverse to all this. We're talking about excess. We're talking about, you know, we, we have what we have, and we need to remember it's God's. On the flip side, there are a lot of people that are hurting Mm -hmm. And there are seasons when we hurt. There are seasons when things are tough. If we remember that everything we have is from God, we can also remember that God will provide. Mm -hmm. And I've had seasons that have been really tough. And I walk alongside of people that are living through some really tough seasons. And when we remember that it's all God's, we also get to remember that God is the provider.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: And and somebody needs to hear that today.
0: I love that. It reminds me actually of Matthew 6, uh, where Jesus said, consider the birds of the air. You know, they don't store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more valuable valuable are you? And that scripture has spoken to us a lot of times in a lot of those kind of more lean seasons, it feels like. But again, being able to, I, I totally love that, and I think it's vitally important that, you know when we're in seasons maybe of abundance and and we're seeing a lot of provision in that way, um, knowing that it is coming from the Lords and the earth is the Lords and everything in it. But then when we're in seasons of need, recognizing the same thing that the earth is the Lords and everything in it. We had a an experience of this in Virginia where we lived in an area of Virginia. It was just ridiculously expensive. I mean, we could never buy there. We just rented when we lived there. And it came to the point where we needed a slightly bigger place. We, you know, Ellie, our our daughter, had arrived, and and so we looked and looked and looked, Travis, and we just couldn't find anything anywhere. We're like, "What in the world? Or maybe, maybe we're not even meant to be here anymore." You know, yeah. Lord, is this it? And um, we had a couple pray for us about housing, you know, and they they basically came back to this verse, and said, "The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and that means all the real estate too." you know? And I could just remember having this picture of like all the real estate in Northern Virginia being the Lords to, to release or to keep. And it brought, it brought real peace in that moment, you know? And, and we were in need in that moment. And that verse spoke to us in in that time. And, uh, just a matter of about three weeks later, we ended up with a bit of a miraculous scenario, which maybe I'll share later in the podcast, but, uh, but again, I, I love that you've brought that to our attention because we all go through different seasons and, and having that reassurance speaks to both, doesn't it?
1: It does. And I think the beautiful part of that, when God provides that idea that God will provide, he provides through us. And, and I think the other part that's special about this is that in that season, you were in need. And then there will be a season where you are the one that gets to be on the other side of it. That's right. And I've been on both sides of it. Mm. And I think both sides are beautiful. I don't think it's fun to be on the other side. Right. But it's a beautiful thing when you're in a season of need and somebody steps in because everything they have is from God and, and God uses them to make a difference in your life. I think that's just such a special relationship that we have with each other and with our God.
0: I love that. Well, I think that's a good point to stop in this podcast, but um, we got another one coming up. Looking forward to going through these eight principles together. It's going to be really fun. And thank you for listening to the Ridge University podcast. Uh, Yeah, hope to have you here in our next episode.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. If you're interested in finding ways to live out your faith, why not head to our church website, ridgelife.org? There, you'll find opportunities to serve in the church and in our local community. You'll also discover ways to get involved in community groups, one of the best ways to find support and encouragement as you seek to live out what you're learning from the Bible. Head to richlife.org for more details.